the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2 Gay 23 i myself and mo mootsy alongside me back again the one and only mr bj armstrong bj how you doing real name no gimmicks one one big win <laughs> for the warriors <laughs> big win for the warriors you, you know what um you know what this reminded me of this 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 big no, win for the Warriors. Share, share it with me. Mate. After share the home, home team lost their first game in a close one, they mm-hmm. come back and they have a monster game to and take the win. It just reminded me of the Celtics yesterday, but you didn't make it to the show. You were ready to laugh, but you didn't make it to the show. Bo, I'm going to let you share <laughs> why. I'm going to let you share. Whoa, I'm going to let you share why I couldn't make it yesterday. I will let you share. It's I, not, I, it's I not called like BJ. I, yes. I called BJ. I said, "Yo, are you ready? We got to tape the show." He said, "Mo, I'm in tears right now. I can't believe the Celtics just won. I can't face <laughs> you like this." <laughs> no, BJ had some memes, handling business, doing what he does. We had a uh, yeah. We had a CT on the show yesterday. Chris Thomas, basketball trainer. Oh, oh, nice. It was fantastic. Um, you were Excellent. missed though, BJ. Uh, someone in the Discord today said it felt like BJ was still there because CT says da 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 when he's talking, just like BJ does. So oh <laughs> I found that pretty yeah. funny. Um, but let's talk about this game tonight. The Golden State Warriors, yes. 127 against the LA Lakers, who put up 100 points in this game. Now, the first of all, the Warriors fans were freaking out before the game. How come? They were How freaking come? out because the news came out that Jermichael Green was replacing Kavon Looney in the starting lineup. Okay. And and then they found out that Looney was ill, so he was on a 20 minutes minute restriction. He ended up playing um, 11 minutes in the game. But even before the news about Looney came out being unwell, I thought this was very smart from Steve Kerr. We saw what he did in the last series. Obviously, Draymond's suspension forced him to put Jordan Poole in the lineup to give them some extra shooting. And we've seen the same thing happen here. And uh, a circumstance leads him to make a coaching change, but his decision to go with Jermichael Green in the starting five instead of Jordan Poole paid dividends because in game one, the Lakers were able to clog up the painted area by playing against the Warriors who had two guys that don't shoot in Looney and Green. So now you take one of those guys off the court, they can't clog up the paint quite as much because Jermichael Green, I don't know if the LA Lakers know this or not, or if they did a scouting report before the game. Jermichael Green can actually shoot the ball pretty well from downtown. I don't know if the Lakers got the memo or not, because Jermichael went off for three 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 pointers on his way to 15 points in a 12 minutes of action. He he did a very good job. Um, so the Warriors were able to play with a bit more space on offense, play with a bit more pace as well. You saw the weakness in the Lakers transition defense. And um, they came up with a huge win. Clay Thompson, amazing. 30 points, 8 of 11 from downtown. He recovered from some bad games that he's been having. Steph Curry dropped 20, but the most important part of his stat line was the 12 assists that he managed to come up with. And um, the the other thing that jumped out to me was that despite Looney only playing 11 minutes, they out-rebounded the Lakers 65-49. to And they even beat them in terms of offensive rebounds as well with Wiggins and Draymond and Paul grabbed one, Moody grabbed one, and Gary Payton Jr. grabbed three offensive rebounds off the bench, and so did Kavon Looney. So they beat the Battle of the Boards. They managed to um, turn the ball over 15 times, but they got away with it because they were lights out from downtown shooting 50% of their 42 attempts. 
BJ, what jumped out to you from this one? Well, the most significant thing to me was was making sure you get the right matchups on the guys. And the most significant matchup was how they decided to defend Anthony Davis. You know, I, I, I've noticed things like this because I'm always fascinated with the adjustments Wait, of the game. I, I've just got to check one thing right now. Um, this is the same Anthony Davis who after the last game, the Lakers were saying is the best big man in the league. The same Anthony Davis, right? Yes. Who finished with 11 points, 5 of 11 from the field in this one, minus 22. Well, I, I listen. I, I just got to make sure we're on the same page. I just got to make sure yeah. that the Lakers fans are now on the same page. So I'm fascinated with the adjustments. And I looked at the game and I just happened, to, I was working out today. On May 4th, I might add, you know, May the being a Star Wars for, be with you. Yeah. Yeah. May the 4th be with you, you know, being a Star Wars fan. And I was like, man, I'm not going to watch Return of the Jedi or, you know, whatever. I said, I'm going to watch the the Laker game because I just want to see. Starring who? What? Starring who? Starring. I the van, the I Vandalorian. No, oh, okay. The Vandalorian. Right. <laughs> Jared Van. So, Yes, so I'm watching the game and I go, golly, like it's clear to me that you can't guard Anthony Davis with Kevon Looney. That that was like obvious. Yeah, like, yeah. like, okay. So I was like, okay. But I I remember Draymond guarding uh Anthony Davis in the series when they when he was at New Orleans. Yep. And I thought, okay. That to me has to be the matchup, but I was like, but he can't put Kevon Looney on LeBron James. But the expectation was you'd put Looney on Jared Vanderbilt, the Vandalorian, because he's not a good three point shooter, even though he did hit one tonight. But that was kind of the expectation that a lot of people thought going into the game. I don't, I don't think you could do that. I don't think you could do that. And the reason I don't think you could do it is because you have what's called a significant cross match. The cross match would be Jared, what's his name? Um, Jared Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is guarding Steph Curry, who is guarding the one. Kevon Looney is the five. That's too big of a cross match. One is standing at the three-point line. The other guy is trying to get offensive rebounds. And how are you going to get those guys in trans in transition? That just, that won't work. Yeah. So I was like, but again, that was just me watching the game. And I said, okay, he's got to put Draymond Green on Anthony Davis. Why? Because you have to match his advantage on the court. He's quicker and faster than 99% of all the centers in the NBA. That's his advantage. It's not like he's like Jokic or Joel Embiid where he can just power through guys. He has speed and quickness at the center position. He jabs, he jabs, he goes around these guys. He'll shoot threes. If you put a small guy on him, he'll post that guy Who, up. Anthony Davis. For the most part, Anthony Davis. He ain't yes. shooting no threes. Well, he'll 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 shoot those little whatever pocket passes. He'll do all that, but he's quicker than most guys. Yeah. So I was like, Draymond has to crowd him to take that away, force him to play a physical game. Okay, it was clear to me Draymond was going to be very physical and crowd him and won't do that. So that was the key. And then I was like, if he puts J. Michael on the floor, it's going to it's going to occupy LeBron James, so he just can't roam and get in the passing lanes and be a disruptive player. 
because you don't have to guard Draymond or Kavon Looney. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I was like, he's got to do something. Well, that something was J. Michael Green was in the lineup shooting threes. Clearly, his goal was to shoot it in the corner. And Draymond, drive the bas drive the basketball and, and make the layup. So that was clear. So you could you have to occupy those guys, and then we'll figure out the other stuff during the course of the game. And they they executed it beautifully. J. Michael Green shot. He was very aggressive. He made them. He made threes. And then on the other end, they really jammed, you know, uh, Anthony Davis. And he didn't make an adjustment. The thing for me when you plan this, when you see these adjustments, is for you to adjust on the fly to say, okay, that's what he's doing. I'm going to make an adjustment, and then we'll play. Well, the Lakers – the Lakers got nothing accomplished. That was very disappointing. At least the Warriors knew what was going on in game one. Yeah, and they, just they, couldn't overcome They saw it. what was happening, and then Steve Kerr knew what he needed to change. Whereas from this game, I don't know game. what the Lakers what are seeing. Lakers are gonna do. What, what are we going to do? Pray that Clay Thompson just what misses? We, yeah, like it was <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. Like, okay, the Lakers, I mean, the, the, the Warriors, you made a nice adjustment. You, bet, you know what was really cool about tonight's game? Okay, most of we, you know, we always talk about drags, right? Drags meaning the five man will set a screen for the guard in transition. Yep. Well, guess who was setting the screen for Draymond in transition? Steph Curry. How cool was that? That yep. the one was setting screens for the five man or which Draymond was playing tonight in transition, and Draymond was getting to the basket and, and well, score life. So this is this is one thing Steve, I wanted to say. Like Draymond was definitely playing with more pace on the offensive end rather than catching the ball and looking for a handoff, looking for a pass. Okay. He was catching the ball and driving into the paint rather than being because more stationary. You have to occupy. So you have to occupy those guys. Like you can't allow, you know, um, LeBron James to just freelance. And you have to occupy the shot blocker, which is you Anthony know, Davis. Anthony Davis. So. Great. I mean, Steve Kerr, man, you know, I know that's not exciting to most, but I was so excited that Steve Kerr just, he just comes up with game plans and, and, and his guys know the game plan and then they play their game around the game plan. That's going to allow them the best chance to win. I think that is really, really cool. And what a, I think that's a, that's a pretty cool thing that he has with his staff and the relationship with his team and his guys go out and do it and they execute it. So now, we'll see what the Lakers are going to do because I wanted to see at some point here, okay, this is what we can do, and let's kind of get an experiment so you can show your guys on, on camera or on tape the next day, tomorrow, when they go back, to say what's going to happen. So, Mo, we'll see what happens, but this was a big-time win, a dominant win. Yeah, and you another know, It wasn't just one player. Yeah, and, and Steph Curry only had 20 points. I mean, they had six guys scoring in double figures, but another adjustment the Warriors made is they were making a concerted effort to go into more pick-and-roll stuff. JJ Redick highlighted on his show uh, just yesterday that the Warriors in Game 1 had their third lowest amount of pick-and-rolls all season. Um, he also, BJ, gave you a shout-out on that show. He was telling the story of how, when he was in Orlando, you went down and explained to him why Dwight Howard was able to get so many rebounds. So... That was a nice little shout out for BJ. What that. did he so say? What, what he, did he say? He, he said when he was playing for Orlando, BJ Armstrong came down to visit him because he was with Wasserman at the time. And BJ explained to him Dwight's ability to rebound and how he didn't need to box out because he's so proficient at grabbing rebounds from outside of his area 
And that was related to Mitchell Robinson's ability to grab rebounds in this Knicks heat series. Um, but anyway, back to it. The Warriors ran more pick and rolls because the paint wasn't so cloaked up. So when Draymond's catching it on the short roll, he's able to drive downhill rather than just stand still and be stationary. And that pick and rolls really got the defense scrambling early on in the game, especially in the first half. Um, you know, and and the Lakers were trying to throw two bodies at Steph coming off these pick and rolls, which was just opening up the floor for everyone else. And that's why he had about eight assists by the half. The Warriors, you know, it did look kind of shaky because Steph picked up his third foul in the second quarter. Um, but Anthony Davis also had three fouls, so I guess it cancelled each other out. Um, another thing that I liked from Steve Kerr, we're talking about the coaching adjustments, is there was a stretch where they made their run where he went into a little one-two-two zone. So you've got one player playing at the top, two and then two behind him. Kind of threw off the Lakers a little bit doing that. Um, the Lakers, the concern for them early on in this game is they were not getting to the free throw line barely compared to the first game. They had four free throws at halftime in comparison to game one where they basically made a living at the line. So their ability to score inside. So what's interesting to me is LeBron hit a couple of three-pointers really early on. And then we saw a lot of the offense going through him in this one. But the Lakers' success since the trade has really been predicated upon LeBron playing off the ball. Because when LeBron plays off the ball, it gives guys like Austin Reeves or D'Angelo Russell or Dennis Schroeder a chance to get going. But because LeBron James, he hit a few early shots, then he was making more of an effort to score. He finished with a game-high 23 and 18, 10 of 18 from the field. Uh, because he's playing more on the ball, it's harder for the other guys because they're not just spot-up shooters. You know, like on previous LeBron teams, he can have the ball do his thing and Shane Battier is there in the corner and Ray Allen's there on the wing. Whereas this one, Austin Reeves went one from five from downtown. Jared Vanderbilt's not a shooter. Anthony Davis ain't a shooter. D'Lo went zero from three. Schroeder went zero from one. The only bright spot was Rui Hachimura going four from six from behind the arc. Um, but aside from that, it was a different offensive look for the Lakers in comparison to what we saw in the game one win. So it's going to be interesting to see what Darvin Ham does as they ad adjust uh, to game three. We had a tweet come in from Spencer who says on the podcast, talk about how awful a coach Darvin Ham is. I'd be happy to jump in a call and talk you through how and why any of us could do his job. Now, listen, I want to make one thing clear. You're coaching against Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steve Kerr, a dynasty in basketball. If losing to the Warriors makes you a bad coach, then everyone is a bad coach. You know, like, what do you, what do you want him to do? What did you see in this game from a coaching perspective, though, BJ, that he could have done differently or can do in the next game to help the Warriors, uh, to help the Lakers not be at such a disadvantage? Well, you know, that, that's a big question, Rome. But, you know, I'm going to say this about coaching. Coaching is a very, very difficult job. Okay. And the reason it's difficult is because of the following. That's why there's always opportunities year after year for coaches, right? For new We're going to talk about because, that in a sec. We'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult. So what is coaching? Coaching is one thing. It's about taking people to places where they can't take themselves. That's what coaching is. And everyone loves to win and everyone you know, talks about when you win, like tonight, you know, Steve Kerr, oh, phenomenal. You know what I mean? When you win, Mo, you get all of the praise. You know, people, you know, I, I think I've told you this, Mo. Everything that I've learned about basketball is when I lost. Mm -hmm. Like everyone wants to talk about, well, you know, BJ, you won championships, da-da-da. But 
if I'm honest with myself, I'm honest with our listeners, which I made a commitment to do, right? When we started the show, I have to tell, I have to be honest. And, and if I'm being honest, everything I learned is when I lost. You don't learn anything when you win. Like you, 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 you feel good. You think you're a little better than you are, but you're not. You feel, you know, something more than most people, but you're not. But when you lose, Mo, you got to like, look at yourself and say, okay, what's going on here? And everything I've learned about my basketball career has come from losing Mm -hmm. because that's why I value winning. Winning is very, very, very hard to do. It's very hard. Okay. You know, Darvin Ham is a really good coach. Like what he's done in year, what is this? Is this year one for him? Yeah, this is year one for him, right? And a half. Yeah, is this year is this year one for him? Well, he took over coaching at the Lakers in was he an assistant? No, he was an assistant at the Bucks, and then this is no, his first Bucks. Year. This yeah. is his first year. Okay, yeah. so let's let's talk about what he's done, right? You know, LeBron has missed time. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis has missed time. Your your two best players have missed significant time. You've had you started the season with Russell Westbrook. You have to bring a Hall of Fame player and convince him that his best role on the team is coming off the bench. By the way, they trade Russell Westbrook two starters, right? He, he trades like two or three starters in his lineup. Somehow he starts off like two and 10 or something. You trade those guys midway and suddenly now you're tied one, one in the second round of the playoffs. Now, I don't know what the expectations really are, but by all accounts, Mo, that's unreal to me because I know how tough it is to win and you don't even have any type of team chemistry. You don't know who's playing. I mean, I don't who knows how many lineups he's had. He's got a totally new team with D'Lo, Rui Hachimara, Vanderbilt. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. Mo. Mm-hmm. These are all new guys coming in playing. And by the way, they're playing competitive basketball. And this is a team, Mo, we didn't even know if they can get to the play-in game. Yep. We've allowed so people, yeah. I, yeah. So I know one thing in L.A. Like There's only one thing that the Laker fans are going to go for, which is a championship. But truthfully speaking, Mo, I think Darvin Hand has done a terrific job with this team, considering everything that he's been through. I mean, Anthony Davis missed, what? He missed more than half the season. Felt like it. LeBron missed a a lot of the season. And then you bring in all these new guys, and then here we are. So what can Darvin Ham do? One, we got to find some space for Anthony Davis. Okay, it's it's clear to me one thing with the Lakers. If there is anything that's consistent with the Lakers, if Anthony Davis is not better than average they more than likely will lose the game yeah so if he's dominant if he's dominant he's he's got to be the best player on the court if they really want to go and win this well he, he, he I, I will say this when he plays like one of the top tier players in the league when he when he establishes himself when he's aggressive on both ends of the court they have a significant chance to win the game and for whatever reason tonight, whether it was Draymond's adjustment, 
whether it was the Warriors adjustment or whatever it is. Or playing so many minutes in game one. Yeah, well, uh, again, the guy had a day off. It's not like you're traveling now, Mo. This is what I'm saying. Like, if you're traveling, you're going from L.A. to Chicago. Okay, I get it on one day's rest. You're sitting, what, what are you doing? Like, Mo, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Like, you're okay, you won game one. You got on the bus, you went back to the hotel. You got a little room service. You don't do anything tomorrow. The next day, a light shoot around, game's at seven. Okay, Mo, like, come on. Like, like I'm not buying that one. I'm not buying okay. that Okay, okay. Okay, I'm, I'm not buying it. You know what I mean? But again, that's just me in my experience of playing. They're, Mo, these guys got was. was masseuses everywhere they got Shouts, rehabs they got energy shakes oh, they everything. recovery they everything. shakes they got everything like bo what are you doing you're not you know you're staying at the a five-star hotel what, what's the problem Bruh. bro the flight is literally 30 minutes from la to san francisco so bo where's the tiredness happening mm-hmm. like what are you tired from yeah where are, you, where are you tired from like okay so all right you get a little four. Hey, you get a little forty minutes on the treadmill. Oh, like it's not like the game is like he's playing against Charles Oakley or or somebody like that, right? He, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be up. It? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So what's the big deal? But I think he has to be the most dominant player on the floor. He's got to be the one that establishes who they're going to be that evening, right? I'm going to control the paint. I'm going to dominate on the offensive end. It forced them to double team. So give the Warriors credit. In particular, give Draymond Green credit. He took that away, and he was extremely aggressive with Anthony Davis. Now, let's see if Anthony Davis can match that energy in game three. Let me tell you something. The Warriors tried to send a little message here. See, that's what bothered me watching the game. The Warriors sent a little message like, yeah, you beat us but we're the best team. Yeah. You know what I mean, Mo? Like, when you beat a yeah. team, Mo, you want to establish, no, nah, this wasn't luck. You know, you don't, they lost a close game, and then they came back and won by 27. You can tell that the Warriors were really focused. And now, Mo, let me, and, I'll, and I'm going to say it here. I think the Lakers got to think about this now. Instead of winning a game in Golden State and feeling confident about going back home, you know what I think, Mo, happened today? Mm-hmm is now the, the the Lakers are like, we got to figure it out. We got to figure it out. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, 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 and that's not good. That's, I mean, oh, I mean should, Clay going eight from 11 from, Clay going eight from 11 from three is not something that you would really expect in every game. But let me ask you about that same sentiment um, because I opened a show talking about similarities in this game and the Celtics game yesterday. And tonight we've got the Celtics game three in Philly where Joel Embiid will be receiving his MVP trophy. Do you think that the same thing happened to the Sixers with the Celtics taking such a big win in game two despite Philly winning in game one? You know, you know, I just sat here and and told you where I learned all my lessons. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, was it tough to watch that, especially you, because you're you're a Celtics fan. So Mm -hmm. you're emotionally invested. But you know what I really like about the Celtics' response in game two? They were upset. Yeah. And they played that way. And, Mo, you know what? When you see your team 
Like, Mo, like, it wasn't like, you know, like sometimes as a coach, Mo, you got to raise your voice to get the attention. You know, you don't have kids, Mo. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, you don't want to scream at your kids, but you got to raise your voice and let your kids know, hey, hey. And Mo, you know what I liked about the Celtics? They did it. They did that by themselves. Yeah. Like, Mo, like, like, okay. You, you know what I, you know what I saw yesterday in game two? I'm going to say this, Mo, and I know this is going to freak you out, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, God. Okay, this is going to freak you out, Mo. Okay. Game two, this is what I said now when I watched game two. I was like, that team right there. Don't say it. If they play, no, no. If they play <laughs> angry. But it's, 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 it's disappointing that they have to, be angry to get to this point. But if they play angry like they played yesterday, Mo, that's a really, really good basketball team. The Milwaukee Bucks are out of the way. And this team right here, Mo, is really good when they're angry. Now, <laughs> they have the capability, Mo, as you know, to get real comfortable real quick. Yep. They, they, they get comfortable at home real quick. But, Mo, if you can keep them on edge. I said this yesterday after watching them. I go, you know what? I don't, I don't want you to bite on your nails, Mo. Don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. I just said, Mo, I think they are a championship caliber team yesterday. Now, I'm saying that because they, cor they corrected themselves. Like, Mo, how many teams can lose – just like we saw what the Warriors do, and just come back and, and just be dominant. And, Mo, they were dominant yesterday. Your Celtics, they, they were dominant, okay? They didn't mess around. And they did this, Mo, and your, their their best player was like – He ain't like, even play. <laughs> he ain't okay. even play. So, so that showed me what's there. Now, how do you get them there? Do we have to lose – and they do, do this every other game. Three out of do, seven games. Do, do we have to like? Do we have to go like zero and three before they finally say, "Okay, let's play"? Like, or do they just now have they learned their lessons from? Because Mo, what's going to happen at one point? You play with fire long enough. At some point, you're going to get burned. Now they've this, dodged a lot of fires. This is they exactly what a I lot said. Of, this, 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 the yeah. Boston Celtics are me. Okay, the Boston Celtics <laughs> are me. Let me give you the analogy, right? When I was a student, I did nothing all year long. I was at every party. I was hooping. I was doing my thing. And I wouldn't pay attention until the day before the exam. And then when the pressure's on, I would just go memorize the textbook and pass the exam. It's like that for the Zoics. Until the pressure is at its highest, they just don't care. So I'm hoping they've learned their lesson because, like you said, it's not always going to work. You can't always just go to a game seven and think, okay, like last year they went to game seven against Milwaukee. Grant Williams had a game of his life. They went to game seven against Miami. Right. There's all the controversy of Max Struess's foot being over the line and then Jimmy Butler misses what would have been the game winner. At some point, that game seven stuff is going to come back and it's going to bite you in the ass. So yeah. they got to fix up. Uh, we'll see tomorrow. There might be a little incentive for Tatum there with his training partner, Joel Embiid, lifting the MVP trophy right in front of him. Um, I'm hoping he has a performance like Akeem Olajuwon did when he watched David Robinson get the MVP trophy. So we'll see who you picking for that game, game three. 
you know, I I I I'm gonna say the Celtics. I'm just gonna say the Celtics. I I I I I saw something in them yesterday. I just saw. I, I was like, you know what? That's a that's a team. If they're they if they're motivated, I mean, that's a big if. I mean, it's not like they don't have the talent. I mean, smart is there. Tatum Brown check. Al Horford check. Rob Williams, Grant Williams, check, check. Derek White, check. Six man of the year, check. Mo, I, I mean, what else more are you? What, what else more the, you? Want? The only like, concern is is Marcus Mutt's shoulder, which Embiid fell on, and it looked pretty bad. Um, but we'll see if he plays. Let me ask you about the other game: Denver versus Phoenix. Phoenix facing a two nothing lead. I'm concerned. Let me, let me tell you the other analogy, right? You know how I said I did nothing all year until the exam came along? The Denver Nuggets are the opposite. They're the perfect student all year long. Number one seed all year long. They study, they go to lessons, they do their homework. But then when it comes to the job interview, they just ain't got the source to back it up. But this year, it's looking like they got some of their source. It's looking like they're real legit in the postseason and everyone's going to be proven wrong for sleeping on them. Because I think most people pick the Suns to win this series. But now they're up two nothing, and the Suns are in trouble. What are you thinking, BJ? I, I'm I'm really concerned. I'm concerned for the Suns, and and and, and, and no Chris Paul. Yes, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm really concerned. Like this is a this is a big concern because you know what, Mo. If if the Suns lose now, Mo, this year, I mean, you 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 got to do, you got to shuffle the cards. I mean, I, I mean, that's just, and that, there's yeah, only you, you, there's only two pieces that could really be shuffled, because Booker ain't going nowhere and KD ain't going nowhere. The rest yeah. of the guys so are just filling role players. I, I, I just think there's Mo, only two guys. That's just the, yeah, that's the reality because they gave up so much to get KD, so they kind of deplete depleted their team and their talent. Which listen, I, I'm not questioning that. I'm just saying now, Mo. I mean, it, it's 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 at that point. So. These next 48 minutes, Mo, will determine to me their future. Because well, if they it, lose, if they lose one game here, Mo, I think they close it out. They close it out there and 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 they could them. close it out in four. I mean, Mo, I, I think right now the way it's looking, it looks like a gentleman's sweep. It, it, it looks like a, and it could be a sweep. I, I think, well, if I'm Phoenix right now, I'm I'm not putting in Payne or Shammer. I'm putting Booker at the one and a Kogi at the two, and then I'm putting KD. And Tory Craig, as well as DeAndre, and just give you a little bit more size, a little bit more physicality. Where they're gonna have to play. Um, I mean, Mo, those. Are, I mean, they only got like they got to play. They got to play pain. They got to play these guys. I mean, Mo, you got to get something if you're gonna win the series. Mo, you have to get Cameron Payne involved to some capacity. Yeah, and okay, we saw how so, important he was in right. in 2021 when they got to the finals. Right. So they're gonna have to figure that out. And I, I, I'm concerned. I'm really concerned with the, the mindset of the team. And you hope, Mo, this is what I, I, because I just want them to be competitive. You just hope the guys haven't checked out. Because if what you said is true and guys feel that way, let's say guys are going into game three with that mindset, Mo. I mean, this could be one of those games they lose big. I love home. it. Yeah, yeah, and that and that and I, that wouldn't be good. I'm, I'm not that too. Be I'm good. not too worried considering they played like what 15 games with Kevin Durant before the playoffs began. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it one more year and said, okay, now we're going to have time to gel and fill out. Nah, the I don't think so. I, because financially, Mo, financially, teams now have to start building their roster to take advantage of the new collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. You can't build it. You, you, you follow what I'm saying here? Mo? Yeah, I see. You, you can't, you can't afford to. So you can see by what Milwaukee did today. In the yeah. end, Mo, it's always, it's we not about the money, about. but in the end, it's always about the money. Yeah. So, so who you, who you picking for game three? Do that. I, I I'm I'm gonna just say the best team, and that's and the best team to I'm, me looks like I'm Denver. picking Denver. The best team looks like yeah. Because you got to think about it as well. I know Jokic says he doesn't care about the MVP, but Embiid's getting his MVP trophy tomorrow. I know he says he don't care, but we'll see. Um, let's talk about this. Maybe my job application was received by the Milwaukee Bucks because they have indeed fired head coach Mike Budenholzer. So now there is a head coach vacancy. Um. What's your take on this? A lot of fans are kind of uh, upset at the move, I guess, because um, they said he wasn't to blame for Giannis being injured and the way the roster was constructed. But the problem is there's not too many things you can do with that roster. You don't have a lot of flexibility there. And okay, you, know, you can't control is, injuries. Is, so something's got to change. Okay, here's my best impression of Stephen A. Smith. Okay, the bottom line is this. Okay. Brooke Lopez is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Okay. This is the, these decisions aren't made. It, it has not, it, the principle of a coach is you're pretty good if you have great players or a great team. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, next year, Brooke Lopez is an unrestricted free agent. Chris Middleton. You have to make a decision on Chris Middleton. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I don't know what the decision should be, but you're going to have to make a decision on Chris Middleton. And then the biggest decision is the following. Giannis is, is extension eligible. Yep. Okay. Now we can sit here and play the game. Mo, like we'll be played. I'm sure starting tomorrow about who is going to replace him. Was he to blame? Okay. I, as you know, Mo, I don't get into the blame game. I'm just getting to the facts. Those are the key decisions. Mm -hmm. and, and what this triggers me is they're saying what this says to me, Mo, but again, I'm just a guy in the NBA. Okay. I'm not saying I know anything. And the reason I'm not saying I know anything because Mo, there are some things, as you know, and our listeners should know, that I can't say, yeah. even though I may know. Yeah, of okay? course. But in this situation, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But this is what it triggers to me without talking to anyone yet. They're, they don't feel that Brooke Lopez, whatever he may warrant on the free agent market, they're going to be able to do other than a one-year deal. Yeah. They're not going to sign Chris Middleton to a long-term deal. Yep, he's 31. And he's got a player option this year, but he's been plagued with injuries for the past 12 months. Okay. So, which is going to trigger to Giannis to say a wait-and-see approach. And if Giannis doesn't sign at the beginning of the season, we'll know exactly why they didn't bring back the coach. Yeah. That's how this is going to play out. And it's going to play out in, and it's, in that it's, order. It's worth saying it's not just Brook Lopez. 
it's Jay Crowder, Joe Ingles, Wesley Matthews, uh, Goran Chuck, a bunch of the guys that they've signed are all free agents next year. Drew Holiday's got two years left on his contract, and he said the other day on Andrea Godala's podcast that he's going to retire when his contract ends. So Drew Holiday, you've got two, Drew, Drew Holiday. Holiday. Oh, yep. Yeah, he says he's retiring yeah. after two more years. Um, so essentially, the players you've got locked up long, long term is Giannis has got three years left on his deal. Bobby Portis has got three years left on his deal. And Pat Connaughton and then Marjon Beecham, if you want to kind of extend his rookie contract um, or pick up the team option on that. So that's what that tells me. That, that's what it tells. So it tells me there's some a lot of uncertainty behind the scenes. Mm hmm. There's a lot of uncertainty of how to construct a team, right? I think they have limited or no draft picks. Nope, they gave them all away. Okay. And they gave so away all you have the these... second round picks for Jay Crowder who did Yeah, nothing. so you have all of these new aprons that's going to not work in their benefit to sign players using traditional ways, mid-level exceptions and all of those yep. things. So it's going to be very difficult for this team, Mo, to build a team in free agency in a city like Milwaukee. And that's what this tells me. I don't think it had anything to do with Bud. Bud is a championship caliber coach. That's a fact. You can't take that away from him. But now it's telling me, Mo, that there may be something else that the organization could know that's triggering all this. And they have new ownership now, Mo. Let's put that out there as well. And we'll see the direction that they're going to go in. But right now, I'm looking at them closely because I'm saying there's they got to have something going on that's going to allow them to compete. Because if they don't compete, Mo, they have they will the big story will be what is the future of Giannis? Yeah, I think that's that going to be the story anyway. That's going to be the story yes. anyway. Yes. So I think that's what that says to me. Yeah, well, I, for one, would not be sad if the Milwaukee Bucks lose Giannis and he moves to a different conference. I will not be sad. If, if Giannis ends up somewhere in the West, I would not be mad about it. That's all I will say about that. We're going to see. Stay with us on the Hoop Genius Podcast. We've got two big games tomorrow night, uh, tonight even. Celtic Sixers, Denver versus Phoenix. And we'll be back in the morning to break it down for you guys. So make sure you subscribe. Share the love and uh, most importantly, get buckets.